it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Here we go, here we go, coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who has never claimed the 2024 election was stolen. What the hell did you just say? Here's a weird one. Hillary Clinton, the people's pantsuit, says Republicans already have a plan in place to steal the whole thing in 2024. Why'd she do that, Jim? Well, one, because she's clearly planning on running, and two, when it comes to all of their claims about undermining faith in our elections... Democrats are so full of crap. They really are. We will discuss with Dana Perino, Bella the Fox News Ball, and Brian Brenberg, who discusses Mayor Pete Buttigieg's claim that Republicans are to blame for inflation. Pete Buttigieg is pathetic. I mean, come on. 888-788-9910 if you want to be a part of a Big Tuesday episode of Fox Across America. The rules are the same every day. You could be a Republican. You could be a Democrat. Just don't be a As we get underway, we are 14 days till the midterms. Four days out till the Spokane Comedy Club. If you want to come hang out with your radio buddy in Spokane this Friday, this Saturday, uh, SpokaneComedyClub.com. I've been reading my Facebook messages on the Fox Across America page. Sounds like a lot of you guys are coming. It's going to be a rowdy one. So if you're in the area, if you're not in the area, I say this a lot on the show. You will never feel better about yourself. You will never feel better about your consumption of a media product than you will from meeting the Fox Across America crowd. Like, I'm proud of this crowd. We don't understand. It's a big deal to me to get my own show and be broadcasting all over the world. But then to know that the people who actually show up and like this stuff are cool. I don't have, like, lunatics. They're not militant. No one's getting violent. No one's getting rowdy. You know, a couple of you has got violently drunk in the Lake of the Ozarks, let's be honest, but that's fine. So that's, you know, no judgments here. I mean, that's pretty much my credo at this point is that I'm a hot mess. But the point is, if you're in the area and you want to come down and be a part of just, it's such a spectacular energy. Uh, I'd love you to be a part of it. SpokaneComedyClub.com. Everyone is welcome. Everyone is welcome. Except Hillary Clinton. This is not okay. No, I'm mad about this. I'm mad. It's Tuesday. I should be in a good mood. And I'm kind of in a good mood, but this is ridiculous. Okay, understand the whole point, the whole point of the January 6th committee, okay, whole point was Donald Trump challenged the legitimacy of the election. That, of course, led to violence. You cannot undermine faith in our elections or you're going to get a bunch of people killed. That was the positive January 6th. That's why we've impeached Trump not only after his presidency, but without raiding his compound in Mar-a-Lago. And we've got January 6th protesters being denied their due process rights that have sat in prison every single day since they ran into the Capitol, you know, behind that one lunatic in the Chewbacca bikini. Okay, and again, I have never condoned January 6th. I think it's really bad. I'm not okay with it. I was on the air the day it happened. I said it was garbage. But you know what else I said? I said you'd have to be patently insane if you think you're going to win the 2022 midterms based on scaring people over January 6th. You gotta do better than that. Yes, it was bad. But believe me, when people look back to January 6th, the most shocking thing about that day 
was the price of gas. Bingo. Maybe the price of groceries or goods. Dude, inflation is at a 40-year high. The murder rate has spiked to a 35-year high. Fentanyl crossing the border, now the leading cause of death for American adults. Believe me, nobody cares. Nobody cares about January 6th. I didn't say it was good. Okay, but when you try to tell me it was a deadly white supremacist insurgency. Come on, don't bullshit me. Okay, the only person that died that day, and I'd certainly say that one is too many, but the only person that died that day was Ashley Babbitt, an unarmed Trump supporter who was shot in the throat and killed by Capitol Police. Any other story you've heard about cops, and believe me, we're very pro-cop on this show. Everyone in my family's a cop. Okay, but anybody else who died as a result of January 6th did not die as a result of January 6th. You know, people who had strokes, people who had heart attacks after the fact does not count as a January 6th death. That's true. That is true. But the media has conveniently omitted that from a lot of their analysis. I played you an MSNBC focus group yesterday where they were trying to make hay with Pittsburgh voters, people who listen to us on WJAS. Hey, girl. And they were trying to get them to say, oh, we'll, we'll never vote Republican, not after January 6th. Yo, nobody cares. You want to know why? Because objective observers, objective observers understand that January 6th was bad. They also understand that they've seen the same thing out of the left, whether they were attacking the White House in the summer of 2020 or they were setting 12 Democratic cities on fire in the name of racial progress. For real, they're making racial progress by burning down black-owned businesses in the near north of Minneapolis. That's what we were told as Kamala Harris was tweeting to bail out violent protesters. Kamala is a lying sociopath, fact-checked. But there is no bigger lying sociopath than Hillary Clinton, who just got out yesterday, late last night, and said with a straight face, with a straight face, that Republicans already have a plan in place, already have a plan in place to steal the 2024 election. Uh, get her out. Get her out of here. This is significant. Why? Okay, because we have been told time and time again, challenging the results of an election is treason. You're going to get people killed. Never mind. The Democrats did challenge the results in 2000. They challenged the results in 2004, and oh, by the way, they challenged the results in 2016, which did, in fact, culminate in all kinds of violence after Trump won. Trump won. When Trump won the 2016 election at his inauguration, they set cars on fire along the parade route, okay? They bashed in the front window of businesses, okay? We did, yes, see an uptick in Antifa riots around the country. We did see the resistance. People got on the... They, they, you know, they were called pussy hats is what they were called. People said it on TV, so I guess I can say it on the radio. They were wearing hats of a female anatomy on their heads walking down the street like we're the resistance. That was embarrassing. Okay, but understand in their head it was justified because the bad guys won. Okay, they were evil, so the rules aren't in play. Trump, you know, winning the presidency meant we weren't going to have a country. So if you want to burn down the parade route, don't expect the media to say anything. That was basically the conceit of that whole thing. And even in a post-presidential world where Trump is being raided by the FBI, we are to believe you shouldn't care that this is an unprecedented raid for the first time in the 246-year history of our country. Why? Because the guy said he was an election was stolen. And what kind of person would possibly say an election was stolen? You know, besides this lady right here, clip one. Hello, Indivisibles. I'm here to highlight something that (laughs) is keeping me up at night. Waiting for Bill to get home. And I know this group really understands what I'm about to say. 
I know we're all focused on the 2022 midterm elections, and they are incredibly important. But we also have to look ahead, because you know what? Our opponents certainly are. Right-wing extremists already have a plan to literally steal the next presidential election. And they're not making a secret of it. The right-wing-controlled Supreme Court may be poised to rule on giving state legislatures, yes, you heard me that correctly, state legislatures the power to overturn presidential elections. Just think, if that happens, the 2024 presidential election could be decided not by the popular vote or even by the anachronistic electoral college, but by state legislatures, many of them Republican-controlled. Don't you have any respect for yourself? I mean, we are living in the death of shame, just to be clear and to dissect that clip. The woman who told you that 2016 was stolen, and make no mistake about it, she said it was stolen. As I've been telling candidates who have come to see me, you can run the best campaign, you can even become the nominee, and you can have the election stolen from you. What? So I guess we have some issues? <laughs> no, there's no issue. The media doesn't care. Democrats can say an election is stolen every day of the week. They don't care. That's not treason. That's not undermining faith in our democracy. But let me be very clear with you. Maybe not in the eyes of the media, but in the eyes of objective people, of course it is. What are you, nuts? Okay, listen to that clip. Not only is she undermining faith in our elections, but she's undermining faith in the Supreme Court. Okay, the Supreme Court is corrupt. They're going to give state legislatures the power to overthrow elections. That's what they're going to do. So the election's bogus. The court's going to throw it out. If uh, by, by the standard of questioning an election is treason, this is like, I don't even know what. What do you even call this? Okay? This is why nobody takes them seriously. You got to understand, okay, Donald Trump saying the 2020 election was stolen. Not a good thing. I did not echo those sentiments because I don't have proof that it was stolen. Was there a lot of chicanery? Yes. Did they mysteriously count uh, until he was in a big lead, stop counting, only to resume in the morning with him trailing? Yes. But there was an unprecedented amount of mail-in voting. More Democrats voted through the mail. A lot of things happened on the front end of this election that allowed the Democrats to legally win it on the back end. I don't know that it was stolen. I just know that we voted in an unprecedented manner. That was configured by the establishment, many of whom were Republicans, that were fine with him losing. Okay, that's what I know. I can't definitively say it was stolen. Trump says it was stolen. Okay, and I don't doubt that he believes it was stolen. I don't doubt that many of the people listening believe it was stolen. Why? Because the Democrats had demonstrated over the course of four years that nothing, nothing was beneath them when it came to stopping Trump. Okay, I say every day, I don't run the Donald Trump Radio Defense Fund. I'm just a chubby radio host, just trying to get in shape so they stop yelling at me for looking fat on TV. Put that cookie down now! Okay, the point is, I don't get on the air stumping one way or the other for either political party because I don't care. Okay, I just need the country to do well. But one of the reasons the country can't do well is because when there's a double standard, there's no standard. 
Okay, whether we're talking about political violence, whether we're talking about undermining faith in our elections. The reason nobody bought into January 6th is all the Democrats who wanted you to believe it was such an unprecedented thing had completely ignored the prior summer's violence that caused $2 billion worth of property damage and killed 42 people. Now, January 6th was a bad thing to watch. Did it kill 42 people on or as a result of January 6th? The answer would be no. Did it do $2 billion worth of damage? The answer would be no. How about $1 billion? The answer would be no. How about a half a billion? The answer would be no. So do you understand to objective people, there's no way you can look at January 6th and take the Democrats serious as being concerned about the potential threats of political violence. They're not serious. They're not serious at all unless it benefits them politically, okay, which is why they've tried to milk January 6th for all it's worth. You might do it, too, if you ran the economy into the ground, crushed the border, and nuked the gas prices. You might want to run on the other guy's record. I'm not going to lie. But understand what Hillary Clinton is doing in this moment is pushing us further towards another January 6th, whether it's a Republican one, are you ready for it, or far more likely a Democratic one. January 6th happened because people didn't trust the legitimacy of the election. They didn't trust the fact that the Democrats wouldn't rig a game against Trump. Understand, these are the same Democrats, aided and abetted by the media, who pushed the myth that Trump was a Russian asset controlled by Vladimir Putin. Okay, we now know that the entire Russian collusion probe was based on nothing more, nothing less than Hillary Clinton's own steel dossier, opposition research completely fabricated to create a distraction from her email scandal. Okay, that's what the Russia probe was based on. Democrats spent three years knowing there was no collusion, but trying to inflict so many paper cuts on Trump, a death by a thousand cuts scenario, one anonymously sourced bombshell after the other. They were hoping he would self-destruct, fire Robert Mueller and create the perception that there was a there there. He knows what he's talking about. The whole point of the Mueller probe wasn't to find collusion. It was to get Trump to fire Mueller in a way that it would appear that there was collusion. I admire your honesty. Okay, that was not beneath the Democrats, a soft coup attempt. Okay, they impeached him for wrongdoing in Ukraine, the very wrongdoing they happen to be guilty of as a party when it comes to Joe Biden and his family peddling influence. Are you the big man, Joe? Never mind that the whole point of the Ukraine impeachment was Trump said he was going to withhold arms. Until he got what he wanted. Biden just flat out told OPEC, you know, hey, can you not cut production until after the election? That's what I want. He tried to leverage them politically and then said, what? I'm not going to sell these guys any more arms if that's how they're going to behave. Same thing. They're always accusing you of what they're doing. But you understand in these moments when you have people, okay, that are out there telling you this is the most important thing on earth is that somebody didn't trust the results of an election. Okay, and then they themselves are not only saying this one was stolen, but the next one is stolen. Nobody's going to buy in. So if you really wanted to solve the problem, you probably do need like a legit across the board investigation into an election integrity with the main reason why. Okay, is because nobody on the right believes a word the Democrats say. Nobody on the left believes a word the Republicans say. Okay, they're now interpreting things the Republicans didn't say about 2024. And that's why we need some type of panel, some type of an investigation. Okay, it's what caused January 6th. And it's what will cause the next one if the Democrats lose. And if you don't believe me, just go ahead and ask Hillary Clinton. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. You're listening to the most addictive show on the radio. This is crack, rock cocaine. It isn't glamorous or cool or kid stuff. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. 
from the Fox News Podcasts Network. Hey there, it's me, Kennedy. Make sure to check out my podcast, Kennedy Saves the World. It is five days a week, every week. Download and listen at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. So you're not going to believe this, but it turns out Hillary Clinton is challenging the legitimacy of the 2024 election. Why? Because she wants to fundraise off of it. Please give us money. Here's the rest of the clip, clip two. But there's also good news in the face of this very real threat to democracy. Indivisible has launched Crush the Coup to make sure we're ready to defend democracy in 2024. They've put together a list of critical races in six key states and how you can get involved. Please give us money. Will you support Crush the Coup by donating to indivisible and state legislature candidates? Please give us money. Each of these races is highly competitive, and your dollars could very well decide the winners and the winner of the next presidential election. Please give us this money. Could not be more important or more urgent. Pay up, suckers. That's the whole point of the message. They're going to steal the next one. So give me money now. It is such a grift. But the whole thing is a grift. Election integrity is a grift. Accusing all the Republicans. You can't say an election was stolen. How dare you say an election was stolen? Never mind that we said the last three elections we lost were stolen. Do you get how dumb this is? Like, if you're listening to me, okay, I am not your enemy. If you're a Democrat, I don't care. I, you know, that's not my job, man. I'm just a talk show host. But I'm trying to reason with reasonable people. The Democrats are guilty of literally every single thing, every single thing they accuse the Republicans of doing. That is correct. Okay. Oh, an election. You can't say an election was stolen. Dude, she said 2016 was stolen. Now she's saying the next election is stolen. It's going to be stolen. There was already a plan in place. She has undermined the legitimacy of the Supreme Court. She's undermining the legitimacy of that election. And believe me, I've been saying this forever. The biggest joke of January 6th is the next major election the Democrats lose, they're going to say was stolen. All of the rules go out the window when there's a Democrat involved. All of them. You can say anything you want. You can say anything you want. Say something racist. If it's about a Republican, you're fine. Go look at what they say about a guy like Tim Scott. Go look at what they say about Myra Flores. Go see what they say about Winsome Sears, who won lieutenant governor in Virginia, and Joy Reid literally called it white supremacy. Joy Reid is a race-baiting loser. Totally. But they're out there right now. I'm going to play you some clips in the next block. We're talking about the midterms, about it's Jim Crow in Florida and DeSantis and if you're worried about inflation, you're a Nazi. That's a real clip I'm about to play you from MSNBC with a straight face. The media is a bunch of losers. Out of the gates and ready to go. Hey, it's Hutton Withrow. Hot Mike is here on the Outkick Network. We've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion, and it's available wherever you find your audio. Daily analysis and news. He is hot. I am Mike. Actually, my <laughs> name is Chad. His name is Jonathan, but you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you'll subscribe to the podcast, like, subscribe, and share. It's the morning show that uh, overslept. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. 
Introducing Barbie's Inflation Dream House, the toy that costs more every time you play with it. Huh? What's going on? Barbie's Inflation Dream House comes with three jobs so she can put gas in her Corvette. I am exhausted. I think I need a break. A little break? Okay. And while there's no fancy bathroom, Barbie has plenty of discount toilet paper because she can't afford the good stuff. Oh my gosh, my cheeks are killing me. Barbie's Inflation Dream House. On sale now so Barbie can move into a more affordable place. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye now. Bye. Bye-bye. We look at the midterm polls, which is what we're going to do here in this break. On a busy day, it's a busy Fox Across America day. Dana Perino's coming up. Brian Brenberg's coming up. Uh, you're, of course, welcome as well. 888-788-9910. I don't mean to hog the mic. I always say, yeah, it's our show. You know, it's you guys. It's me, just regular people talking about the issues. And now here I am just absolutely positively hogging this mic. Shut up. Will you shut up? Whatever. It's my show, you jerks. I don't have to take this. But with the midterms fastly approaching, we are 14 days, 14 days from the midterms. Okay, Biden, of course, spoke yesterday about the economy at the White House. I don't remember that ever happening. Now, to be clear, he was speaking. It's really funny. They took him from the White House over to DNC headquarters. But he was speaking to a room. Just a room of DNC staffers. So he's not speaking to voters. He's not campaigning on behalf of anybody else. Why? Because nobody wants him there. There are 435 Democrats running for Congress. Do you know how many people have asked Joe Biden to campaign with him? According to his count, 15. Come on, man. 15 out of 435 people, which means the other 420 people think Biden sucks. Okay, nobody wants to campaign with a guy. So what they did yesterday to make him feel better is they let him do a rally for his staff. Are you following me on this? This is like a real thing. Like you ever read those videos online where like a guy's kid wants to go to like Six Flags, but the kid's home from school sick. So he builds a roller coaster where he sits the kid in the laundry basket and videotapes him like carrying her all over the house. And he's like, oh, look at that make-believe roller coaster. We have a president who's now riding make-believe roller coasters. They held a rally yesterday for nobody, and they let him get up there and speak. <laughs> it's, just a real, it's a real thing. We have a president that is clearly not all there. He actually got lost. If you see the video online at the White House, he got lost at the end of his event. He went right into the garden. And they're like, no, you got to go this way. And he's like, what if I wanted to go that way? And they're like, well, you, you got to go. You got to go this way is how it works. This man needs a retirement home and a warm bowl of soup. It ain't pretty. OK, but yesterday he got out there in a rally for no one, in a rally for no one, and tried to make the case for the Democratic handling of the economy. Now, as you know, the number one issue in the midterms is the economy. Number one issue is inflation. Okay, every self-respecting economist, not to mention members of his own party like James Clyburn, have flat out said that it was the Democratic spending that ultimately caused the inflation you're now paying for every time you go to the pump. This is not like Jimmy's random Fox News fun fact. Here's James Clyburn flat out telling MSNBC all of us knew the recovery program was going to raise prices for Americans. Here's clip 43. 
Well, let me make it very clear. All of us are concerned about these rising costs, and all of us knew this would be the case uh, when we put in place this recovery program. Anytime you put more money uh, into uh, the economy, uh, prices uh, tend to rise. Did you hear that? Anytime you put more money into the economy, prices tend to rise. Why is that significant? Because the Democrats pumped more money into the economy. That is financial lunacy. Okay, never mind that they did so in the name of COVID relief. Never mind that less than 9% of that money went to COVID relief. What a fraud. So I just want you to understand, okay, we are in the position we are as it pertains to inflation because of what goes on in this country. When the Democrats are like, oh, you know, the rest of the world's got inflation, too. You know, just because it's bad here doesn't mean it's not worse anywhere else. Yo, 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 yo. You're not the president of anywhere else. You're the president of the United States of America. You are responsible for what's going on right here. Your policies have wholly compromised the quality of life right here in every facet of our existence. Okay, but here is Biden yesterday trying to make the claim, no, you don't understand. We got this under control. It's, we're fiscally responsible. Here it is, clip seven. Look, folks, let me say it again. We're doing all this in a fiscally responsible way. Every time I talk about the cost of these things, there goes that big spending Democrat Biden again. <laughs> well, guess what the big spending Democrat Biden did? The deficit fell by $1.4 trillion this year. <laughs> Cut the deficit in half. Not even close. Do you want to know what they're running, just to be clear? This year, just so we are clear, okay, you can fact check this, Google it as you're driving, not as you're driving, pull over. You can call in if I'm wrong. We're going to have an economist on later in the show. They did not lower the deficit this year. It didn't happen. In fact, they are running a $1.4 trillion deficit this year. Correct the mundo. Okay. In the previous year, because of COVID expenditures, the deficit was higher. Okay. But understand, you didn't cut the deficit. You uh, Cutting the deficit would mean we didn't have a deficit this year. All you did was have less of a deficit this year than the deficit you actually had last year. You suck. I mean, really think about that. So when he gets out there, he's like, oh, we cut the deficit. I don't want to hear about these big spending Democrats. Yo, nothing they're spending is paid for. Nothing, 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 nothing. That's why they hired 87,000 IRS agents, because they have it in their head that the rich are going to go out and pay for all of this stuff. <laughs> rich does. They're not paying a second more than a cent more than they have to. They have attorneys. They have accountants. OK, the rich are taking advantage of legitimate existing loopholes in our laws. What the Biden administration is doing, and this is a carryover from the Obama administration, is they're waging a class warfare. Don't be thick, all right? But basically, the premise being is if you're rich, you're some type of a criminal. Therefore, you're probably not paying your true taxes. You should be funding and shelling out for everything else the rest of us do. So we're going to come after you. We're going to eat the rich. And that's even what Obama said. You know, until, of course, he left the presidency and made a half a billion dollars to write a book and hang out on Netflix. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. But the point is, okay, all of this eat the rich stuff has come about. Why? Because they spent us into oblivion. 
Okay, they cut massive stimulus checks. They shelled out all of these subsidies to solar companies and everything in between. Along the way, they happened to cut oil production. But they flooded our market with so much capital that, number one, it devalued the currency. But number two, it sent the price of goods skyrocketing. That can't be good. So there's nothing fiscally responsible about what Joe Biden is doing. Okay, in the fact that his approach to reducing inflation is the equivalent of reducing a fire by dumping gasoline on it. That is essentially what he has done as, you know, when when it comes to inflation. But here is Biden carrying on, okay, telling you we beat Big Pharma last year. Listen to this, clip 10. We tried and tried, but finally we beat Big Pharma. What? We beat them. That's a big deal. I've been trying to do that since your age. Finally. The results are consequential. You were lying your ass off. Folks, they did not beat big pharma. They just made pharma hundreds of billions of dollars. And oh, by the way, they just mandated, the CDC just recommended putting the child vaccine uh, onto the schedule for the coming school year, despite the fact that we have no data on the long-term or short-term effects of this vaccine on kids. That's not right. We have no clinical data that says this will help kids against COVID. We have no long-term data that tells us whether it will help or hurt. Okay, you know what else we have right now as I speak to you? Okay, Pfizer has just raised the cost of the vaccine by 10,000%. That's how bad he beat Big Pharma. Okay, he got his CDC to mandate the vaccine for little kids without any scientific data and then watched Pfizer raise the price by 10,000 percent. Oh, by the way, we have zero, zero, zero data that says this will stop anyone from getting covid, including Biden, including your kid. Oh, by the way, the New York State Supreme Court just ordered that all fired state workers get reinstated with back pay if they were fired for being unvaccinated. Under the grounds, specifically their quote, okay, I'm going to read it to you right off the press release, okay, being vaccinated does not stop transmission, uh, excuse me, being vaccinated does not prevent an individual from contracting or transmitting COVID-19. Do you hear me? Being vaccinated does not prevent an individual from retracting or transmitting COVID-19. Somebody should probably tell these people. Not getting vaccines. It's time to start shaming them. Because frankly, we know that we can't trust the unvaccinated. F*** them, f*** their freedom. I want my freedom to live. No, screw your freedom. You're a schmuck for not wearing a mask. We have to stop coddling the morons who will not get the shot. Shame on you. I mean, do you understand what's going on here in this moment as I play you that clip, folks? I mean, dude. I'm surrounded by idiots. Self-righteous idiots. Weapons-grade stupidity. No data whatsoever. Shame on you! You won't do that thing we want you to do with no data? Never mind the people who are mandating that vaccine were previously on record is saying they wouldn't mandate a vaccine. Come on, man. Another question from another student. Would you support a nationwide mandate of the COVID vaccine once it comes out? No, definitely not. You don't want to mandate and try and force anyone to take a vaccine. We've never done that. We don't want to be mandating from the federal government to the general population. It would be unenforceable and not appropriate. I mean, really think about that. 
Fauci's just pulling stuff out of his butt. We don't want a mandate. We wouldn't do it. It's unconstitutional. Three weeks later, we got a mandate. You got to take it. We're all going to die. Start shaming these people. (laughs) Listen, did you just hear what I read you? The New York State Supreme Court has just ordered all state workers who were fired for being unvaccinated reinstated with back pay because, quote, being vaccinated does not prevent an individual from contracting or transmitting COVID-19. Say it louder for the people in the back. This is not a vaccine. It's a therapeutic. It doesn't stop you from getting, doesn't stop you from spreading. Yet Joe Biden was willing to call this a pandemic of the unvaccinated and the great uniter divided the country along those ideological lines. These people deserve scorn. These people should be chased out of polite society. Shouldn't be allowed to work. Shouldn't be allowed to go out to eat. Shouldn't be allowed to go to school because getting vaccinated is your obligation to your fellow man and woman. Never mind that you're never going to call up your neighbor and ask him to put on a winter coat so you don't get frostbite. But that was the conceit when it came to the vaccine. It was all a fraud, as is everything this guy is doing right now. Okay, but there is no bigger fraud anywhere in media, politics, anywhere than the losers at MSNBC who have had their entire vocabulary reduced to fascism. Here is Matthew Dowd on MSNBC flat out saying inflation. Okay, inflation is how Hitler got elected and the Germans lost their democracy. So I'm not saying the Republicans are Hitler, but they're doing the same thing. This is the clip, clip 32. I'm not calling, uh, I'm not going to say that, you know, the GOP are Nazis at this point or whatever, but it certainly sounds very familiar to what happened in Germany, which is a bunch of citizens, Adolf Hitler gets a third of the vote. Nobody thought it could happen there. They kind of went along because they said he was going to solve the economy and fix inflation. Yeah, Uh, that's right. You can hear those sorts of things. And then, oh, lo and behold, a few years later, they lost their democracy and they're all like, how'd that happen here? That's my worry. That is my worry. If obviously the price of a hamburger, the price of milk, the, the price of gas is concerning, but what is what the, that is a short-term problem. The loss of a democracy will decimate everyone's freedom. Garbage like you just makes me sick. Yo, the loss of democracy. We're talking about an election. If they were anti-democracy, number one, they wouldn't be having an election. They wouldn't be giving you a voice. So what he says is, well, you know, they're only having this election so they can ban elections when elections are over. That's what he wants you to believe. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. Never mind that Hitler, according to this guy, well, they went along because Hitler said he'd solve the economy and fix inflation. Is it, wait, so am I to believe with a straight face? Adolf Hitler is the first guy to run for office anywhere in the world and say do a better job on the economy? Like this was some kind of avant-garde, cutting edge. We've never heard that before. Everybody else who ran said they were going to tank the economy. They said they'd make inflation worse. I've never heard anything like this. But, folks, do you understand how denigrating this is to the victims of Hitler, to the victims of real Nazis? Do you understand how denigrating this is to the millions of people who lost their lives, okay, trying to end this scourge around the world? who lost their lives because of this scourge around the world. But the Democrats don't care. None of that matters in this moment. All that matters is that they label their opposition in the most extreme ways possible because they can't sell their ideas, okay? Inflation is at a 40-year high. It wasn't caused by the Republicans. 
It wasn't caused by Adolf Hitler or people who elected Adolf Hitler. It was caused by Democrats who have no idea what they're doing. You're absolutely right. Tackling issues of the day in an easy way. He's all man. He's a big, strong-looking guy. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon trying to hold this country together on a big Tuesday. Dana Perino's coming up to sing backup. We're also going to talk to Brian Kilmeade, but right now, Dennis... Batting leadoff on WVMT up at Salisbury, Vermont. Yo, Dennis. Jimmy, I thought maybe, um, you know, you or one of your uh, listeners could tell us whether Pfizer is losing its product tort liability immunity and therefore needs $130 a shot to pay its (laughs) insurance premiums. Dude, 10,000% increase on the cost of the shot. And this comes, by the way, they announced that yesterday. The New York State Supreme Court just announced five minutes ago that you've got to re- reinstate everybody who got fired because the vaccine doesn't stop anybody from getting COVID. This was the biggest, like, scam of our lifetime. You know, when it comes to the amount of money they've made and, you know, the fact that the government was actually just flat out taking the recommendation from the pharmaceutical company. Yeah, we think it works. So the government, okay, here's your money. Have you ever seen a bigger scam? And no, uh, no tort insurance uh, premium to to pay either. So you know you can pocket that kind of that kind of uh, profit. But mm-hmm. Jimmy, um, you know, as always, if my calls improve your show in any manner, you have a lot of work to do. <laughs> no, I always think the show gets better after you hang up. Dennis, you're the best. Be well, buddy. There he goes. Dennis on WVMT. Uh, more of your calls in the next hour. Eight 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 seven eight eight nine nine one zero. The point is. We're getting scammed as a people. We're not getting scammed as Republicans. We're not getting scammed as Democrats. We're getting scammed as a people. The whole point of the show, I say it every day, all of these folks in Washington are supposed to work for us. The division among us is why they can get over with moves like this. Well, the Republicans don't want a vaccine, so Democrats are for a vaccine. But nobody ever stops to ask if we should be taking one or if they have any data on it. And this is why we can't have nice things, damn it. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl, here we go, here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country on the planet, broadcasting as we always do from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. Got a big hour of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon coming up. Why? Because Dana Perino is in the house. Bell of the Cable News Ball, co-host of America's Newsroom, co-host of The Five. She is stopping by to discuss the midterm elections as well as her new series, American Dynasty. Episode one deals with the Bush family. I'm sure it's fascinating. We will get into it, but long before me and Dana do the damn thing, we will have some you and me time at 888-788-9910. You know the rules on this show. You can be a Republican. You can be a Democrat. Just don't be a... That is all. We got no shortage of if you've been following politics lately. Oh, my God. Surplus. We should be on hoarders. We have so many of them. Could be selling them in an oversized box at Costco. Who needs a box of We got so many of them. But stick with me because last night, last night, we did have political debates. And uh, before I get into the Charlie Crist, Ron DeSantis debate down in Florida, maybe even preview the Fetterman-Dr. Oz debate tonight in Pennsylvania, Uh, We should give all of the participants credit 
because at least they showed up to debate. Okay, out in Arizona, okay, Katie Hobbs, who's a clown, has refused to debate her opponent, Carrie Lake. There has been no debate. She was asked about it. They kind of gave her a hard time about it because basically what's happening is a lot of Democrats don't want to get out there and fight for their ideas. They don't. Why? Because you can't really sell these ideas with a straight face. You can't get on TV in front of millions of people and go, and if I win, all your five-year-olds can switch genders. What the hell did you just say? People are like, wait, what just happened? <laughs> if I win, more woke bill reforms. Everything woke turns to Nobody wants more of this. That's the problem. So what they're trying to do is book as many media hits as they can where they call Republicans election deniers and extremists and crazy people because that's a lot easier than having to sell your own crazy policies. Correct the mundo. Okay, and believe me, there are some crazy policies out there, and I'm going to share them all. But here's Katie Hobbs being asked, hey, why won't you debate this lady? Here it is, clip 38. Why have you refused to debate your opponent? She wants to go head-to-head, toe-to-toe with you with a moderator. Dozens of interviews and had uh, press availability across the state, and we're going to continue to do that and talk directly to the voters. But don't you think perhaps some of your opponents say it makes you look weak? You also refuse to deba- debate your primary opponent as well. Well, that was a different story, and I won that uh, by a wide margin, so it was not an issue. But um, I... Uh, As far as I'm concerned, the debate about debates is over. I'm running my campaign the way I'm running my campaign. I'm going to continue to make the case directly to voters. The case you make to them, and not to belabor that point, is they they do. They they are tough times for a lot of folks. We talk about the economy, inflation, and I know there's a rising cost of living here. Uh, People are putting somebody in that office that they want to stand up for them and fight Mm -hmm. for them. At worst, it could come off as you're scared to step on that stage. And at best, you're not willing to confront. We're in a new era where, where sometimes some politicians are seen as bullies. And we've been taught since we were little kids, you got to stand up to a bully. You won't, you, you understand how that might come across. How do you make a case? We want to send you to fight for us, but you won't even step I, on stage. With I have it. stood up to this bully for the past two years. Uh, and that's, and Arizonans have seen that. And I'm going to continue to do that. Such an idiot. This is pretty much the worst video ever made. Okay. She says she stood up to this bully for the last two years. Dude, number one, she hasn't said a word. Number two, Carrie Lake is not a bully. This idea, and we had Carrie Lake on the show, that Katie Hobbs runs to the media and she's like, Carrie Lake is an extremist, you know, because she wants to let the babies live and put the criminals in jail. What kind of an extremist lets the babies live? Do you understand they can't juxtapose their ideas? against another human being because when you hear their points put back in their face you go oh yeah oh that's the crazy one katie hobbs is a nut she's an idiot and again if she can't get on a debate stage with a moderator in a carefully curated format and articulate her ideas there's no chance that behind closed doors when confronted by lobbyists and all other types of state power brokers she's going to be there to take the fight to people here she is yesterday Okay, getting asked about whether or not we should be vaccinating kids. I bring this up. It is at top of mind. Why? Because the CDC voted last week to schedule vaccines for children, despite the fact that they have no data. 
short-term or long-term, on the clinical benefits or lack of benefits to children. That's not right. Not right at all. Here's Katie Hobbs asking if she supports the vaccines for kids. Clip 31. Would you allow the COVID vaccine to go on the vaccine schedule for children to attend school? Uh, Is that... Sorry, so the CDC is... um, sort of moving toward adding the, the COVID vaccine to the recommendation for, um, you know, school vaccines. It's up to the states to actually decide what's on that list for in their state. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, would your Department of Health Services put the COVID vaccine on the list of required vaccines for, for children in school? Uh, that is not something I have contemplated, so, yeah. What would you do with a brain if you had one? That's a leader of a state. No, I haven't contemplated COVID and children. I'm just going to run the state of Arizona, but I haven't given any thought to COVID or children. Get her out. Get her out of here. But that's why she won't debate. Okay. Now, honestly, you know, everything we're about to play from Charlie Crist, the more I listen to it, and I watched Charlie Crist on America's Newsroom this morning. Dana Perino interviewed him. She is coming up on this show to talk about her interview with Charlie Crist. But as I watched the interview, I said to myself, yeah, you know what? Maybe he should have skipped the debate, too. Because Charlie Crist had a really hard time. His main line of attack against Ron DeSantis is that the guy wants to be president someday. Nobody cares that he wants to be president someday. All they care about is that he does a good job of running his state. And right now, by a margin of four to one, more people are moving to Florida than any other state in the country. Folks, they're not moving there in those numbers because they think the governor is doing a bad job. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. So Charlie Chris, who's you know trailing by double digits in the polls, is about to get his ass handed to him. But Charlie Crist has been able to say a lot of things when he's on with, like, liberal media members that go unchecked. You know, like, America's bad. (laughs) We should be teaching CRT and telling all the kindergartners they're a bunch of white supremacists. We're not going to sit here and listen to you badmouth the United States of America. The problem with debates is when you're saying that to, like, Joy Reid. And she's like, yeah, racism, fascism, everybody's a race. You're a racist. I'm a racist. You're like, wait, what? You just call yourself a racist? I'm sorry. I got a little carried away. But everybody else is a racist. When you're on those types of shows, these ideas sound sane because you've got people nodding their heads saying it's a good idea. But juxtaposed against rational human beings, Charlie Crist had a rough night. Here is DeSantis talking about the country, clip 20. I'm proud of our history. I don't want to teach kids to hate our country. I don't want to teach kids to hate each other. And the way to stop discrimination on the basis of race is to stop discriminating on the basis of race. Thank you. Remember the old Martin Luther King quote? I want to live in a world where we judge people by the content of their character and not the color of their skin. Okay, the Democrats have gone all the way backwards. Now they make everything, everything about the color of your skin. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. Totally. That's all they do. Everybody's a racist. Vote for me or you're a racist. They're a racist. It's so stupid. Okay, but that's what they do. It's very reductive, and it works in cable news, but it doesn't work on a debate stage. Ron DeSantis is the reason Katie Hobbs will not debate Carrie Lake, because Carrie Lake, it would be like Michael Jordan playing Michael Moore in pickup basketball. It would not be good. Okay, but here is more DeSantis, again, standing up for his ideas when it comes to the culture war, when it comes to gender-affirming care. Gender-affirming care is a scam. 
Okay, I want you to understand and hear me out before I play this for you. Okay, what the Democrats are pushing for, pushing for people like Charlie Crist is the right for a five year old child to decide they can surgically alter their bodies at that age. Why do you do things like that? You're like a crazy person. But again, when you're on MSNBC and everybody's using terms like gender affirming care, you go, yeah. We should let kindergarten kids chop off their nuts. What the hell did you just say? That's what they're doing. Understand, you can't get a tattoo when you're 10. Okay, can't drive a car, can't vote, can't smoke a cigarette, can't drink. Why? Because you're a minor, and we don't believe as a society, correctly, that you are evolved enough, developed enough, to make life-altering decisions for yourself. That's the deal. If you have a 10-year-old daughter... She can't go get a boob job. She's not allowed to just go, I'll get a boob job. Here's the money. Doesn't work. Why? They say, well, she's not fully developed yet. Oh, really? But a five-year-old is fully developed? A five-year-old is intellectually evolved enough that it knows? A five-year-old kid knows that it needs to switch bodies in order to be happy in life? Dude, that is barbaric. It is disgusting. But that's what Charlie Crist is standing up for. And understand, when Ron DeSantis signed the Parental Rights and Education Bill, He wasn't saying, screw the trans people. They don't have a right to exist. They don't have a place in society. He didn't do that. What he did was say parents have a right to oversee the development of their child. We do not want schools teaching kindergarten kids sex ed. We do not want schools telling kindergarten kids to really think about whether or not they're comfortable in their body right now. Don't worry. You know, we don't. That's not a time for that. These kids need to keep developing. If they want to transition when they're older. Fine. But if as someone who's raised a child, I can tell you kids are so fluid in every one of their preferences at that age. Might have a favorite toy, might have a favorite show, but it'll change. Their vocabulary changes. The foods they like change. The things they like to do change. Okay? The idea that you're giving a child the bodily autonomy to switch genders to permanently alter their body. A decision they may regret 30 seconds after they make it, let alone 30, 40, 50 years after they make it. This is barbaric. It is reckless. And it will not be judged well by history when, you know, the insanity of this moment dies down. Right now we're in a place where political opposition is mounted just because. Oh, Republicans don't want little kids chopping off their junk. Well, we do just because if they don't know, they don't. We do. That's how it works. That's the that's the fool's errand of the two party system is we've got people out there opposing each other just because if it's like I I like puppies. Oh, well, he's a Republican. So I guess we got to that's it. No more puppies. Get out the cannon. Okay, that's what we're doing now. Okay, I get out there. I'm like, you know, I like kids. We're going to give all the kids ice cream. No, no, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, the ice cream guy's a Republican, right? How about screw those kids, no ice cream? That's what we do now. Political opposition just because. But here's DeSantis, again, flying into the storm on this culture war, clip 21. You know, I would say when you oppose the parents' rights and education bill, which prevents 
six, seven, eight-year-olds from having sexuality, gender ideology injected in their curriculum. You are the one that's waging the culture war. I'm simply defending parents and students because it's inappropriate to have that in elementary school. It's inappropriate to tell a six-year-old that they were born in the wrong body. It's inappropriate to tell an eight-year-old that they may have been born a girl, but maybe they're really a boy. That's wrong. We need to do the basics. We need to teach them to read, write, add, and subtract. Uh, and if we do that, we'll continue to lead in fourth grade reading and fourth grade math like we did in today's NAEP results, which is a great testament to having open schools and a lot of hardworking folks in our school system. Understand, he did not just say, you can't be trans. Go be trans. It's America. Free-range chickens. E pluribus unum. Out of many, one. We can all do our own thing. It's the whole point of the country. He didn't say he's anti-trans. He didn't say, I want these kids to kill themselves. He didn't say anything about that. Okay? And he didn't say when it comes to, you know, sex ed for kindergarten kids. He didn't say ban trans sex. He didn't say ban gay sex. He said ban all sex. Okay? There is no world where we're supposed to be showing pornography to small children. Hubba, hubba. Okay, fine. But there's no world where we're really supposed to be doing that. And that's the biggest problem we have right now. And one of the reasons DeSantis is winning in this battle and is winning on a larger level on a national scale as he has flown into the woke culture war storm with not only dirtbags like Charlie Crisp, but people like Disney who decided to get into the business of telling you there were no biological differences between men and women. Boys have a penis, girls have a vagina. Introducing the all-new Woke Disney World, the first theme park to dump identity politics on all its guests. Mom, can I hit the boys' room? Sorry, honey, it's the they's room. Let me explain this to you one more time. It's okay, Mickey. I'll handle it. All of our rides have been updated, so our woke employees won't flip out on us. From Snow White and the Seven Genders. I don't understand. To it's a small reassignment surgery after all. That was the weirdest boat ride ever. Woke Disney World. We've transitioned to a new business model, but the goal remains the same. All right now, get out there and make me some damn money. Hi-ho, hi-ho, hi-ho. It's the number one children's show in the country. He's a lot better at radio than he is being a dad. (gasps) Oh, snap. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Dana Perino coming up next. Her opening act is in Dallas, Texas. Anthony is on the line. Yo, Anthony. Jimmy, how's it going, man? You know what? Thanks it's for under, having me. Uh, thanks, buddy. It's a, it's it's kind of under control. A little bit rowdy on a Tuesday, but some Texan energy could restore order. Yeah, yeah. So I, I guess I'll maybe bring a little bit of a balance here. So good. Just as a little bit of a background, I'm definitely a staunch conservative, but I was listening today, and it's just something that kind of struck me. And this goes. I mean, you you mentioned it at the beginning of your show. Um, you know that different parties will do you know, the very opposite thing that, you know, the other party did in the last election. So and just kind of in that same vein, um, you were talking about inflation earlier on in your show. And you talked about there was a, a guy that got an, uh, CNN, 
MSNBC. Oh, Matthew Dowd. Yes. Yeah, and was saying, you know, when you when you throw money at the economy, you know, you're you know that money's gonna there that inflation's gonna rise. Mm-hmm. And and something that kind of and I understand that you know it's a talk show, but um, you you also mentioned you know that you just you're looking for the truth, whether it's Republicans or Democrats that that come to you. So to to blame uh, Biden. And the Democratic Party for inflation, mm-hmm. you know, obviously, obviously that they've they've poured a ton of money into this, you know, and we can we can probably agree mm-hmm. to disagree on some of the things that they supported. But man, when when COVID hit, I mean, there was so much money that was thrown into the economy, oh, no question, stimulus checks, you mm-hmm. know, so. The you, San, know, but you know what it is like the San Francisco Fed, which isn't exactly Mar-a-Lago monthly does consider the root cause of inflation to be the American Rescue Plan, because at the time the COVID money was being thrown in by the previous president, we needed it. We had a shutdown economy. Biden spent the money after the economy reopened, so he kind of flooded the economy with more cash than goods at a time when businesses were also having a hard time staffing because of the mandates. So, like, when I say he caused inflation, I'm just quoting economists. Believe me, I don't know anything about the economy. I invested all my money in strippers and blackjack, which I'd argue is a better investment than what we've spent with this American Rescue Plan. But I appreciate the call, and I did not cut you off. A commercial did. Reality with a bit of insanity. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. By the 1990s, George W. Bush has turned his life around given up alcohol, and found comfort in his faith. He's ready to emerge from his father's shadow, but it hasn't been easy. Imagine if your father was President George H.W. Bush. He's a World War II veteran. He was a pilot. He got shot down. He was rescued. He was an amazing baseball player, an incredible businessman, a successful politician, a vice president to Ronald Reagan, and then the president of the United States. Of course, that is a lot to live up to. Now he's ready to prove that he's worthy of the Bush name. But he's going to do it his own way. George W. Bush is one of the great reinventions of American politics. It is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon, an American dynasty, which, of course, explores the most iconic family empires in American history. Now airing Tuesdays at 9 p.m. on FBN. Joining us now, the host of that very program, the co-host of America's Newsroom, co-host of The Five, and she answers the question on every American's mind. Did the Bush family give out raisins at Halloween? I bet I bet they did not. <laughs> Dana Perino is here to clear her good name. Uh, that, did yeah. you even get into Halloween candy? I don't think you did. Uh, no, so well with the, with the President Bushes, Bush, yes. you know he like what did he like? He he did like a chocolate. Okay, yeah, a chocolate, and I'm tra- oh Butterfingers. They used to have they used to have like the mini Butterfingers mm-hmm. on Air Force One. That's a winning candy. That's though. a good one. But he also he loved M um, and M's. And Hershey Kiss. Okay, but I'm just really throwing to that reference to let you clear your good name because yesterday on America's Newsroom, yeah. you did admit on the air to something you had previously told me off the air is that the Perinos had one year where they gave out the raisins. Well, we would have a variety of candy. Okay, that's fair. And within the variety was the the mini box of sun made raisins. Okay, remember the red one? 
I mean, yes. that's embarrassing, but I have a very clear memory of having that. And I loved raisins. And now as an adult learning more about nutrition, it really is just candy. All but it is is sugar. There's so Nobody much... should just be eating raisins. Yeah, the raisin is not your friend. Who, who, who puts a box of raisins in a kid's lunchbox anymore? That's what we lived on. There's a reason those California raisins were dancing to herd it to the grapevine and all those commercials. They were jazzed up on yeah, sugar. Yeah, exactly. That's what it was. They were hopped up. And I'm glad you cleared that up. But Dana Perino was in studio not to talk about the Perino family Halloween proclivities. We're here to talk about the Bush dynasty for a minute. Now, the thing I mentioned to you off the air that I loved, and obviously you've spent a lot more time around them than I have, is they always had this sense of humility that I think is just a very endearing trait in anyone, but let alone people as successful as they were. Yeah, so, and this goes way, way back. Uh Um, And if you think about George W. Bush, that's who I worked for. We call him 43 (laughs) because he's the 43rd president and his dad was 41. Mm -hmm. So 41's mother was considered really one of the sweetest women that anybody had ever known. She was tough, though. In one um, aspect in particular, which is that you never took credit. You had to share the credit. You would be the first to admit a mistake and apologize. And there was this one story I remember where we were talking about how sometimes it was hard to get 41 or 43 to talk about themselves. You know, most politicians, they know they have to talk about themselves. And it was hard, especially with 41. It was difficult. And he told this story about when he was a little kid, he'd come home from a baseball game and he was very good Uh baseball player. And his mother would say, how did the team do, George? And he said, I scored three home runs. She said, I didn't ask you how you did. I asked you, how did the team do, George? Mm -hmm. And that was a lesson that he learned early on. And then, of course, he passes that on to his children and down the line. So, yeah, the Bushes were not the sports star who winds up being so self-absorbed they talk in a third person. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, 41 had three hits. <laughs> 41 had a good game in the outfield. No, she kept them humble. But, I, again, I always think that there's nothing more endearing than a person, no matter how accomplished they are, remaining accessible. Because I think when it comes to making decisions, and I'm going to bring that up because I read 43's book, Decision Points, after he left the office. The first chapter is about why he quit drinking. Mm -hmm. But I found it so fascinating because it was so relatable. And to be the president of the United States and for me to be sitting there at the time I was in the Dallas airport waiting for a connection and reading that chapter, I was like, wow, I can connect with this. Do you think that was actually their superpower? Well, I do believe that because, for example, 43 would know that coming into the Oval Office, that's a that's a heavy thing. It's right? a big one. And it's intimidating. Mm-hmm. And the first thing he'd want to do is make everybody feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. And most politicians do this. Yeah. I would say most successful politicians. Okay. They have a way of being able to say, oh, come on in. I'm just like you. And if you think about, like, the, the the little nicknames he would give people, yeah. right? Or, and part of it was a way to remember names, uh-huh. but another way was to make you feel comfortable. So oh, if you got true? a nickname, you were in. Oh, that's a big deal. Yeah. And he called you Coors Light? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> that's a good just, one, Just because she was from Colorado. Nothing to do with it. He called Carl Turd Blossom. <laughs> and I often – I got called Sweet Dana. That Aww. was a good one. No, that can work. I mean, yeah. Turd Blossom is not the kind of nickname that makes you think you're in. No. I got to be honest. You don't think you're in, but I, I don't doubt he was in. Yes, yes. And the, but he, but he would make everyone feel very comfortable. Or you think about, you know, he painted um, this uh, portraits of wounded warriors. Mm-hmm. He knows all of them personally. Oh wow! Well, and I didn't all know that. of them have a little nickname, a little special wow. moment with him. Yeah. So, so okay. Having worked in the Bush White House for 43, mm-hmm. uh, when you're hosting this first episode of American Dynasty, did you learn anything about the Bushes having done this? Oh, well. She- I, I, I'm constantly learning really? things. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, I feel like I do know a lot, but mm. I'm always amazed by just some of the um, the willingness to be looking for humor in all mm. things. 
right? They're Especially funny. self-deprecating humor. That's true. They're Can funny. I tell you something that is not in the show? Oh, I would love this. I'm just going to tell us something. Nobody listens, right? <laughs> it's just you and me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I heard this story just last night. I was at the Points of Light Foundation. Okay. And I heard the story about George H.W. Bush, 41, giving a speech at the Al Smith dinner. Okay. Now, 43 had been scheduled to give the speech, mm-hmm. but something happened in the world and he couldn't do it. Okay. So the cardinal, Cardinal O'Connor, that was before Cardinal Dolan, calls 41 directly. Like, sir, he'd already turned it down through a staffer. Then the cardinal calls directly. 41 picks up the phone. Of course, he's going to say yes, right? Mm-hmm. So he says yes. And now the, the Al Smith dinner is one where you're supposed to be he, a, yeah. an attempt at humor. Yes. Okay. It's like a roast. So 41 is no longer in office. 43 is president. And he starts telling this story about how he had gone to San Francisco and there was a pro-choice rally protesting him. Okay, And his, the limo drives up and there's this woman that says, get your hands out of my womb. Uh-huh. And she thrusts it at the limo. Mm-hmm. And apparently she wasn't that attractive. <laughs> and the president said, no problem. <laughs> and he tells this story to the Al Smith Dinner, which is a Catholic organization, yeah. and brings it down the house. Dude, if you can tell pro-life material at the Al Smith, <laughs> I mean, which is not easy to do, uh, that's epic stuff. You know, the pro-life stuff doesn't always go over the best here in New York, but at the Al Smith, at it Al Smith, it, it really did. It went, it went well. So I always love that about them. and um, That's fascinating. Also, that. I'll tell you just one other story that mm-hmm. is special to me. I remember being in the in my office as the White House press secretary, and I was on the phone with Carl Rove, mm-hmm. and I heard a commotion outside in my and outside like where my assistant sat, and I wasn't sure who it was. And then I heard the voice, and I said, "Oh, Carl, I got to go." And I hung up. I said, "Oh, Mr. President, I didn't know you were coming by." And it was forty-one, mm-hmm. and I said, "I said I'm sorry. I was on the phone with Carl Rove." And he said, "Oh." I love a name dropper. <laughs> I just came from George H. George W. Bush's office, <laughs> and but you know what? He came over to say uh, he came in my office for just a moment, and he he said I wanted to express my gratitude for all you do for my son. Oh wow! And but it's like a special moment, right? Yeah. Like in, t- in terms of leadership, it's a good way for mm. me to think about how do you keep a team going? Yeah. How do you keep them motivated, feeling good, but also feeling like they want to mm-hmm. put in 110% yeah. every day? No, I think it's amazing. I, I, and I love that about HW. I read that note that he famously left for Bill Clinton. Mm-hmm. And again, more of that same pro-American humility that I think we could all use. And a that was bit a more. tough letter to write, right? I mean, people yeah. forget that he was, you know, he felt yeah. humiliated in front of the mm-hmm. country. I would say one other thing about this show. Mm-hmm. The Bushes did not like to be referred to as a dynasty. They didn't. It was their, they just could not stand it. So, for example, let's just compare. There's another family in this series, the Kennedys. Yes. And the grandfather, Joseph Kennedy, Mm -hmm. he actually had a whiteboard, or the old-fashioned version, (laughs) and he would basically, okay, this son's going to do this, and this son's going to do that, and this... And the oldest son died in World War II. Yeah. So then it was JFK. He became the one who was going to become president. On the vision board. Right. Now, if you you read Decision Points, 43 was basically... let to go and sow his wild oats, <laughs> figure it out. Yeah. And, 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 you know, he comes to his dad, says he was going to do go into oil, and then uh-huh. he's going to run for office. The first time he says he's going to run for office, his family's not that. You're like, I don't know. They're like, I don't know they're going to win. And he lost his first race, yep. right? And that was that was humbling and an important thing for him. So they did not like to be called a dynasty. They do really focus on giving back to others. And 41 said the three best words 
that you can say to anybody in a situation where there's trouble is, I can help. Oh, that's awesome. That's where you got a thousand points of light. Thank you. Dana Perino is in studio uh, shedding some of that light on the Bush dynasty. American Dynasty, the first episode, uh, premieres Tuesday. Uh, It airs Tuesdays at 9 p.m. on the FBN network. Well, there are a lot of people out there trying to build dynasties. Let's do some news of the day really quick. I got you here. Uh, I saw a fellow by the name of Charlie Crist on America's Newsroom this morning. I watched you and Hammer interview him. Um, he did tell you he thought he scored a knockout punch over Ron DeSantis. I think the refs might have scored the fight differently than he did. Yeah, you know, he has a politics. different view of yeah. how things went. <laughs> and you know, th- one of the things he really focused on last night is he, you know, he thinks that people are not going to vote for Ron DeSantis to be governor because he might because DeSantis might choose to run for president in 2024. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That In the history of politics, yes. I actually don't know if that has ever worked. Ever. And I'll give you an example. George mm-hmm. W. Bush ran for re-election mm-hmm. in 1996, 97, mm-hmm. uh, wins re-election, and then went on to run for president right then. I mean, it does happen. It's natural. Yes. And DeSantis is a very popular governor. Yes. So, of course, he's traveling the country to help other Republicans. And if DeSant- if Chris was in the same position, and I'm sure when he was a Democratic governor, yeah. he did the same thing. Or was he Republican at the time? I, I was going to say, I, I, mean, bu- he's I gone believe back you and asked forth. him. You've run for like 71 different things. Oh, so, yeah, so I wanted to point out. I said, so you – You've run in the last 34 years. Uh-huh. You've run in 16 elections. Mm-hmm. Are you saying that if you were to win this gubernatorial race, mm-hmm. his name automatically would go to the top of a possible presidential run because yep. the Democrats are desperate for anybody yes. who might be able to win statewide in yep. a state like Florida? Of course, yeah. And, and like, would he rule it out? And he said, yes, of course. But that's an easy answer for him because he's very yeah. likely to lose. Yeah, there's no next, chance where he's going to win two this weeks. thing. When you look at the numbers on how Latinos are moving towards DeSantis, and I saw his attempt to cover that, which was, well, the Martha's Vineyard stunt, but recent polling says they were on board with Martha's Vineyard, if only because it brought attention to the problem. Right. So I think, so right now in Florida, Latinos are supporting DeSantis 51 to 44 mm-hmm. uh, over Chris. Okay. I think that there are some Venezuelans that mm-hmm. um, are immigrants in Florida that did not like I don't doubt the, the move to send um, some of the migrants to Martha's Vineyard. Mm-hmm. But I do think that's a handful. Yeah. I also believe that many people understand what DeSantis was trying to do was not to harm them. Yeah, of course. He was absolutely trying to help his fellow governors to try to get the administration to pay attention to an issue. So what happened? The administration did start to pay attention. Yep. The media started to pay attention, but not to the border crisis. No. They're only focusing on this flight to Martha's Vineyard. It's very telling. It's so crazy because if you look at the data they dumped Friday night, which is also Mm. telling – the 11 p.m. Yeah, 11. I never put out a press release at 11 p.m. on <laughs> 11. a Friday night. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I might have been tempted. <laughs> well, they always I, I was traditionally told like 5 p.m. on a Friday meant it was bad news. What is 11 p.m.? <laughs> I'll tell you one thing I did that was terrible one time. I put out a press release. It, it was it was news that was it wasn't uh-huh. bad news, but it was going to get a lot of negative yeah. coverage. I put out a press release. An announcement um, on the Friday after Thanksgiving. <laughs> Everyone's in the store That's even shopping. worse than Friday at 11 p.m. Wow, a Trojan horse press And release. that's before social media. So, you know, <laughs> basically you had to get hard copy to come in and cover it. <laughs> I love that story. That's pretty bad. I've, I actually am – this is confession. Uh-huh. I feel bad about We've it. We've so got a lot out of this. Atone. Listen, most people are still holding on to the raisin story. i got to be honest. <laughs> it, was a, it was a major point of contention on yesterday's show. It's bad. But, but I absolved you for that because if you're giving away candy in a variety, understand – 
that part of the variety is, yes, you're going to get an occasional person who likes raisins. Not a lot. But the point is there were other offerings. Can you imagine kids like in our neighborhood would go home and just like throw those raisins in the trash can? <laughs> well, I grew up in like where I was in Levittown. You know, I was in the era where it became fashionable to like egg each other and shaving cream each other on Halloween. Yeah. That would have ended bad for a raisin house. Did you have like bad weather on Halloween? Uh, here and there. Oh, yeah. we did. Like mm-hmm. we would have big, massive blizzard snowstorms. I just remember every costume I ever had, which we got at Target, you know, yeah. the, and the ones with the plastic. Mask yeah, yeah, I had barely, all of those. Like, yeah. and it, was like, it was like so steamy under there. But every costume I had, I'd have to wear my ski jacket over it. Yeah, no, we had a lot of those. And that thin, thin rubber band that held that mask on with the two staples. Oh, it hurt so bad. Yeah, no, it did. You would be glued to get whatever character you were. Like, I was Superman for a week once because I took the mask off the day after Halloween, but it was just plastered to my <laughs> face. It was just an imprint, like a belt buckle. Uh, one other thing I'll throw at you. Here in New York, uh, I am uh, hoping Lee Zeldin pulls this off. I know he's closing, but there's still a gap. I believe the race leads. Dem. Do you think there's a world where just enough liberals find Jesus a little late in the service and realize we're being failed by elected leadership? Like for Hochul and Eric Adams to pat an ad this week saying they'll go flood the streets with cops. I got I mean, you get it. I get it. It's ridiculous. Um, OK, so a couple things on this. Dana's rule of thumb is mm-hmm. that the last two percent is always very hard to get. OK. Now, some Democrats might decide to vote for Lee Zeldin, or they might decide not to vote at all. Mm -hmm. But I think what you should be encouraged by, if you want Zeldin to win, is how many Republicans in New York never bother voting. Yeah. Because they think, well, my vote's not going to matter anyway. This time, their vote matters. This race is within one. There is a debate. Lee Zeldin is surging at the right time. And I think it is very possible that he wins. Could you imagine? Zeldin, our generation's Pataki. Could, yeah, and he's know, like Gen X, right? Yeah, yeah. Could Imagine, come back around. Like a Gen X person in office. That'll be amazing. That would be right. Wait, is DeSantis, DeSantis must be Gen X. Yes. He technically would qualify I'm going to put X. Chris. I think Chris is a baby boomer. Yeah, Chris has no chance, by the way. But he'll be running again as a Republican when DeSantis goes <laughs> oh to the White gosh. House. Oh, my gosh. You know what I wanted to ask? Yeah. I told Hammer. Gosh, I, really, nobody listens, right? <laughs> Give it to me, Perino. Let's I go. I told Hammer. I, I always try to get Hammer to ask the questions that you I You don't want to ask? That I don't want to ask. Yeah, okay. this is what I do to Greg. I say, hey, Greg, you should say this. <laughs> Um, on the five, uh, I said to Hemmer, "You should ask him how he stays so tan." <laughs> and just see what he says. Listen, if Hemmer will say it, I will give away raisins this Halloween. <laughs> okay, and I'll stand by the front. <laughs> he door. didn't do it. Hemmer- and then in the commercial break, Hemmer goes, oh, "I didn't get to ask about the tan." Oh, Hemmer, he probably had an Elvis question. He likes his Elvis. He, he gets obsessed. with You things. have no idea. We sent him down a hole last week. We're still talking <laughs> about it. American Dynasty Tuesdays at nine p.m. on FBN. Check out Dana Perino, the Bell of the Cable News Ball. I'll see you on TV. Uh-huh. Okay, thank you. It's the show that never hits the books. I love the poorly educated. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. How about that Dana Perino? On the way out the door, she made sure I reminded all of you, you can see me at the Spokane Comedy Club this Friday and Saturday, uh, October the 28th, 29th. You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. Come on, man. All right, so she didn't say that. But she would have. If she had another minute, I can tell you she would have gotten there. Point being, we're taking the show on the road this weekend. I will be in Spokane. You can get tickets at SpokaneComedyClub.com. This Friday, this Saturday, you're going to be hanging with the whole Fox Across America crew. Our shows... Our rowdy meet and greets that we have, like, I'm proud of them. Everybody there is cool. Yeah, some of them have a little bit of a drinking problem, I'm not going to lie. But they're wonderful people, and you'll never feel better about your participation in consuming a piece of media 
than you will when you hang out with the Fox Across America crowd. These are special people. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it is. Yes, it sure is. And it's a varsity hour. The band is playing. We're getting ready to run through the banner, homecoming style. Brian Brenberg's going to be here, a Fox News franchise quarterback in his own right. He joins us here on Fox Across America to contend with a statement from Mayor Pete Buttigieg, your transportation secretary, that Republicans are the ones causing inflation. But that is a fact check false. I mean, a wild lie. But we'll explain why he's telling it in this hour. 888-788-9910. As we embark on this radio mission together. Uh, I got to tell you, it's Tuesday. I'm in a pretty chippy mood. But unfortunately, and I, I don't want to do this to you, but I do have to play a clip from the Stephen Colbert show. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 Believe me, baby, it's going to hurt me. It's going to hurt me as much as it hurts you, girl. <laughs> I ain't happy about this neither, but I got, it's part of the gig, baby. Sometimes we got to do this. You know, as we close in on the midterms, we have 14 days from the midterms. Uh, there, you know, it's an all-hands-on-deck situation. If you happen to be a Democrat right now, you got to blame somebody. Okay, you can't you can't own this thing. People got to go to the polls. You don't want them knowing you're the reason they're paying what they are for gas. You're the reason they're paying what they are for goods. But any major economist, like if you trace this back to the San Francisco Fed, okay, they will tell you that the American Rescue Plan was the root cause of all the inflation we know in this country, with the key caveat being what? Yes, the Republican Okay, the Trump presidency, when COVID hit our shores, pumped a lot of money into the economy. They spent, you know, five trillion dollars on COVID relief, to be clear. Uh, But the difference was the economy was shuttered. People were not going to work. Entire sectors had been shut down. Okay, planes weren't flying. Ships weren't sailing. Kids weren't going to school. People weren't going to church. The only thing you were allowed out of the house to do in the spring of 2020 was riot. Okay, that was it. Like, not our COVID's going to kill you. Can't go to church. COVID's going to kill you. Okay? Can't go to school. No, baby, no prom. Sorry, baby. No baseball. Pro- can't have it, girl. Oh, you want to burn the city down? Yeah, come on out. What the hell is the world coming to? And that's how it went down. But the point is, while we were riding in the summer of 2020 and, you know, doing $2 billion worth of property damage uh, to predominantly black-owned businesses, mind you, Okay, in the name of racial justice, by the way, which is kind of bizarre. Okay, they were spending a lot of money, as one of our callers wisely pointed out earlier. But what's happened since the economy reopened didn't need to happen, meaning what we needed at the end of the pandemic, and we're long past the end of the pandemic, okay, is government to get the hell out of the way. We don't need mandates, as we just found out. Number one, they don't stop anybody from getting COVID. The New York State Supreme Court has just ruled that all fired state workers must be reinstated with back pay, with back pay, because, quote, you know, getting vaccinated does not stop transmission or spread of the virus, meaning a vaccine mandate was always a scam. Why? Because it's not a real vaccine. I have it. It's in my body. It's a therapeutic. According to the data they have shared, and they haven't shared much, okay, 
the data they have shared tells us that vaccinated people will have better health outcomes against COVID. Won't stop them from getting it. Won't stop them from spreading it. The pitch has changed. It went from, well, if you're vaccinated, you can't get the virus to, well, if you're vaccinated, you'll get the virus, but you'll do better. Now, here's a newsflash, kids, and I'm telling you because I care. Okay, if they lied to you about the first benefit of the vaccine, I'm going to go out on a limb and say they'll lie to you about the second one. So the only thing we know for sure is that the vaccine is making pharmaceutical companies a lot of money. Oh, gosh, are they making money right now? You know, Biden's out there. We beat big pharma. What do you mean? You made them hundreds of billions of dollars in profit. Their stock is through the roof. You just voted to schedule the covid vaccine for children, which Pfizer responded to by doing what? Raising the price of the vaccine by 10,000 percent per shot, which is bananas. Okay, but understand, all of these things the government did to cause inflation, whether they were hampering our supply chain with these vaccine requirements for pilots and truckers, they were shutting down our schools, or they were pumping money into the economy. The San Francisco Fed, San Francisco's most liberal place in the world, if they believe Joe Biden is mostly responsible for the pandemic, he uh, for the inflation, he is 155 percent responsible for the inflation because they printed and spent money that we didn't have and poured it into an economy at a time when the thing was poised to reopen and make all kinds of cash. Instead, what happened, the government got in the way and was like, whoa, 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 before you play the bugle, before you all charge back into the store, the government's going to cut everybody an extra check. Government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. And in this instance, they were a huge problem because you know what inflation was when they printed and spent the money for the American Rescue Plan? It's about 1.5%. You know what inflation is now? That's as far as I'll take it. But here is Pete Booty Judge. He's on last night with Stephen Colbert. Colbert, about as funny as an orphanage on fire on Christmas Day. Uh, but here he is, you know, doing his little activism routine because that's what late night has become. It's activists masquerading as comedians. And Mayor Pete went on Colbert and said, well, you know, the real issue here is, you know, Republicans, they are, they're not offering enough solutions with the old uh, – with the old inflation, have you heard the Republicans say anything? I mean, the problem is the Republicans. Here's a newsflash, kids. Are you ready for it? Republicans are not in charge of anything. Okay, the Democrats are in charge of everything. Okay, but here is Mayor Pete trying to say it's Republicans, clip 36. This is part of a pattern that we've often seen where uh, many uh, congressional Republicans mm-hmm. take stances that seem to be more about the problem mm. than about the solution. So, you know, you look at even the things that they talk about the most often, mm-hmm. uh, immigration, inflation. I mean, name of, of all the things congressional Republicans have proposed policy-wise, can anybody name the top five things that they've suggested to fight inflation? Can anyone name three? How about one? You know, they voted no on the Inflation Reduction Act that was about lowering prices for Americans. And I would have loved nothing more than to have a debate between the Democratic Re- Inflation Reduction Act and the Republican Inflation Reduction Act on the House of the Florence Senate and argued over which one was better, but there was only one, and it was ours. And luckily, it passed. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Yo, just to be clear, we'll back this right up, okay? The Inflation Reduction Act 
it does not reduce inflation. That's true. That is true. The Congressional Budget Office decided, not decided, scored the bill, okay, and ruled that it will not only drive up inflation in the short term, but in a best-case scenario 10 years from now, it will level out the inflationary effects on our economy. You gotta do better than that! Meaning, does the Inflation Reduction Act fight inflation in any way, shape, or form? The answer would be no. Do you want to know why Republicans didn't have a counteract called the Inflation Reduction Act? Are you ready for it? Come on, man. Oh, Mayor Pete got you good this time, Jimbo. How are you going to spin out of this one, Batman? You're in big trouble now. The reason the Republicans didn't put forth the Inflation Reduction Act is because the bill the Democrats put forth is not an Inflation Reduction Act. It's a climate change bill. They changed the title of it because it wasn't going to pass as a climate change bill. They changed it to the Inflation Reduction Act because it was the most popular uh, issue facing voters. But does the bill reduce inflation, I'll ask again. The answer would be no. So you understand the Democrats didn't write an Inflation Reduction Act. They wrote a massive climate change bill. That at a time when we're already experiencing record levels of inflation, they just borrowed and spent even more money. That's stupid. Use your common sense. So the Democrats will cause even more inflation. Thanks, big government weenuses. But as to his claim, whoa, the Republicans haven't put forth any solutions. Come on. They didn't put forth. Yes, they did. You know what, inf- you know what solution number one is? Are you ready for it? Solution number one is a very simple one. It's just stop spending money. Just stop spending money. Okay, the money we're spending is causing the inflation. The San Francisco Fed itself will tell you as much. Any economist will tell you as much. The definition of inflation is too much money chasing after too few goods. Milton Friedman, greatest economist have ever lived, said inflation is always a Washington problem. It can't be made at a store. It can't be made at a kitchen table. It can only be made in Washington where they push policies like this. But getting past Mayor Pete and, well, they voted against the Inflation Reduction Act. Yo, you're making Republicans look intelligent by saying that. Okay, no self-respecting person votes for a bill called inflation reduction if it doesn't reduce inflation. You know, if you vote for a bill, you know, called Save the Kittens, but the bill actually executes kittens, you didn't vote for a good bill. Okay, that's the reality. The Democrats are a scam. Okay, but when Pete says, oh, oh, does anybody have one thing they can name that the Republicans put forth? You know, in a room full of Colbert fans, of course nobody has anything. They're all liberals. Yeah, it's a confidence scheme. Name one thing. I dare to name one thing. Dude, everybody sitting in that room believes the Republicans are literally Hitler. And to bring up Republicans... Uh, And to bring up inflation is doing the bidding of Hitler. I played you this clip earlier. Matthew Dowd flat out saying, well, you know, Hitler got elected because of inflation. He told him he was going to fix the economy. And, you know, so they voted for Hitler. So, you know, anybody who wants to fix your economy is Hitler. Here it is, clip 32. I'm not calling, uh, I'm not going to say that, you know, the GOP are Nazis at this point or whatever. But it certainly sounds very familiar to what happened in Germany, which is a bunch of citizens Adolf Hitler gets a third of the vote. Nobody thought it could happen there. They kind of went along because they said he was going to solve the economy and fix inflation. Yeah, uh, you can, that's right. You can hear those sorts of things. And then, oh, lo and behold, a few years later, they lost their democracy. And they're all like, how'd that happen here? That's my worry. That is my worry. If 
obviously the price of a hamburger, the price of milk, the, the price of gas is concerning. But what is what the, that is a short term problem. The loss of a democracy will decimate everyone's freedom. I mean, straight up. I mean, that's, you know, Barnum and Bailey. He should be towing an elephant. <laughs> I mean, you know, come on, man. That's him. I mean, seriously. Did he make out with the bearded lady in the back of the circus after that clown crap? Come on, man. I mean, I don't know how to dignify that, but I have to play it for you. This is what we've been reduced to. The Democrats are in charge of everything, but Mayor Pete wants you to believe the Republicans caused inflation, and they're not offering solutions. They've given you solutions. One is stop spending money. Two is produce more oil. Why do they want to produce more oil? Why are they screaming and yelling to produce more oil? Because Joe Biden, as a candidate, declared war on the fossil fuel industry, which, of course, did what? It ended investment in the fossil fuel industry. It discouraged, okay, money into the industry. You know what else it did? It drove the amount of leases in this country to an all-time low. Okay, we've never had less leases than we do right now because there's a guy in the Oval Office who vowed to eliminate the fossil fuel industry. So now that we're suffering the after effects that that has on your fuel prices, which are now going through the roof, you understand Pete Buttigieg saying, oh, Republicans, no solutions. They gave you a good solution. Stop spending money. Stop. You don't have to. It's not necessary. Stop spending money. And yes, produce more oil. You want to know why? Because it leaves us less susceptible to world markets. When the price of fuel goes up, so does the price of goods. When the price of goods goes up, but at a time when inflation is already on the march, we all get screwed. Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right. But he A show with substance and style. This is my oldest guy in the boy band look. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. He's a good-looking Italian. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Going to be rapping with Brian Brenberg in the next break. But right now, John joining us from Butte, Montana. Yo, John. Hey, brother. How you doing today? Yo, you know what, man? I'm, I'm, I'm under control, and which is as good as we're ever going to do on this show, as you know. <laughs> no kidding, right? Holy hell. Um, <laughs> Biden, it is very fascinating stuff. I know you were talking to Mikey about the economy. On some level, aren't you kind of impressed? I, you know what? To be honest with you, I really am. I mean, you know, because so many people aren't giving Biden the credit he deserves because, to be honest— that's the first president that I can recall in history who has successfully dis- been capable of destroying an economy and a country and on a world stage faster than anybody else. <laughs> you know, like he doesn't get around good when he's walking, but he can move fast when, he, when it comes to destroying the economy. Is that what you're saying? Oh, man, he can move fast when it comes to that or sniffing hairs or getting ice cream. <laughs> oh, no. What is with the hair sniffing thing? I never under- – I, I, ice cream I get. I'm 240 pounds. But what is with the hair sniffing thing? I didn't understand that. I, you know what? I, I really don't get it. I mean, I'm, I'm not really that big of a fan of trying to stick my nose into somebody else's hair, especially, <laughs> you know, when it comes to children. And 240 pounds, God bless you, man. Jesus Christmas, I'm still pushing 300 and eat like a horse. <laughs> Yo, can I tell you something, though? Even if you have me yeah. by 60, I can eat more than you. Like, if we sat down at a restaurant one toe-to-toe, like, I have a limitless capacity. Like, I go into it's called Babe Ruth mode at my house. And I can drink five bottles of wine and eat three pizzas and go out back and smoke a cigar. It's crazy. 
challenge accepted. <laughs> well, but we got to do it with steak and potatoes. Listen, you don't scare me, man. Uh, I'm off to Spokane this weekend. What are the odds you're getting up there? Uh, 630 miles. That's oh, what I'm working on. Oh, my goodness gracious. I drive 660 to see Jenny Fela, uh when she lived in Ohio, <laughs> but she also put out at the end of the trip. I'm not going to make any promises. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to try to ask you to shave your legs and put on a miniskirt and wear some fishnet stockings. Hey, hey uh, if I start pulling that, they'll give me a cabinet position in the White House, so i got to be careful. I don't, I'm not going to do all this yeah, extra work. Yeah, pull that off. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely trying to get up there for Saturday after I get off work Friday night. Well, yo, drive up there and uh, if you're in Spokane, no. we are shutting down the city, and for 630 miles, you will not buy a beer. I promise you that. You will not buy a single oh. solitary beer. You're driving 630. Okay. You're driving 630 miles. Believe me, your beer, your steak, it's all on me. Just get up there. <laughs> you know that's my round trip deal. I figure I'm coming up. You know, trying to have a little bit of fun because I told you I'm gonna buy you a drink. Mm-hmm. I just never said how big that drink's going to be. <laughs> so I'm going to be, I'm going to throw in a Speedo and dive into it like it's a pool? Is that what you're telling me, you maniac? Well, you know what? You know, all bets are off when there's cameras involved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got to play a little defense over here. Uh, listen, man, you heard me say it over the air. If I see you in Spokane, there's going to be hell to pay. None of it, none of it yours. Oh, it, it, it'll be a blast. You know, it's going to be a good time. So I look forward to getting up there and seeing you. Oh, that's a big campaign promise. All right, I'll be looking. I'll be waiting for you by the door. Good stuff, John. Great call, brother. There it goes. John says he's coming up to Spokane, Washington, 630 miles. He will win the furthest away award. Mikey, do I owe John a trip to the strip club if he drives that far? Be honest. 630 miles. What do I owe that guy? I'd say a little bit more than the trip to the script. Whoa, the script Mikey! Club. <laughs> what's, what, what else can I offer the guy, Mikey? What are you saying? I got to get hookers or something? Uh, Mikey, this is a family program. <laughs> I'll buy him a steak or something. But six thirty, and always, you know what? I I consider my act like a five hundred mile act. I think anything over five hundred, it's I think it's on him. But no, six hundred. John's committed miles. though. He's been wanting to do this for a while. I know, and he's a great guy. I would love to hang out with him, folks. If you're listening, I mean, we got some real dedication out there in the audience. It's the Spokane Comedy Club. It's Friday night. There's a show Friday, two shows Friday, two shows Saturday. You can go to the SpokaneComedyClub.com. It's going to be a lot of Fox Across America lunatics like me and John hanging out. You're welcome to belly up to the bar and hang out with us if that's your thing. Uh, but either way, man, what a crowd. I love this crowd. Isn't that what Henny Youngman would say? All right, I'm going to go squirt somebody with my bow tie. Brian Brenberg joins us when we come back. <laughs> It's America's Life Coach. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, America's Life Coach is not happy. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. So many lies being told. So many things going on right now. We're in silly season. We're 14 days. 14 days away from the midterms. There's just a lot of chicanery out there. Joining us now to separate fact from fiction. Guy was actually riding high because the Yankees lost. He won't admit that to me. <laughs> he won't admit that to me, but I can see like an extra pep in his step. I am feeling good. <laughs> Brian Brenberg, he is back. Yo, yo, yo. No, you know, we actually root harder against the Astros than anyone. Is that so true? there was mourning in the Brenberg household by Timmy Brenberg. Really? For the Yankees. And this is the guy who booed the Yankees. Whoa. In the Bronx, but he hates the Astros. Absolutely wow. hates them. I never thought of it from yeah. that angle. No, it's it's the enemy of my enemy. Thank right? you. It's a, yes, and, and he should hate the Astros. I mean, do you know what the thing is though? The Astros had saw a sign that Timmy was going to boo, so they weren't hurt by it. <laughs> they, they knew it was coming. 
Somebody in a trash can somewhere. Yeah, somebody when... banged on a trash can. They're like, Timmy Brenberg's about to boo us. And they're like, okay, brace yourselves. Sign stealing dirt bags. Man, we are big into the Phillies right now. The Brenberg household is all about the Phillies for this weekend. Listen, I said yesterday in America's newsroom, the one show that did not bump me. Uh-huh. <laughs> Champ is unhappy. I just got bumped off outnumbered. If you're listening at home right now, I will not be on outnumbered tomorrow. That was the worst thing I ever heard. They rescheduled. I'll be on like the following week, but we all have to see who the lucky guy is now That's tomorrow right. and send him mountains of hate mail. <laughs> like I mean, you ne- whatever it is, I don't. It could be uh, the unlucky guy tomorrow. Oh, the unlucky guy. guy. He does not know what he just got himself into. You know what? I'll, I'll break you in half like a little toothpick. Now Hulk Hogan's involved. <laughs> And I'm showing up in the Speedo. Hulkamania is running wild. Oh, yeah. But Brian Bremberg is in studio. All right. I, I'm just going to sort through some sound clips that I've mm. played in the last 48 hours on the economy. Okay? You don't even have to listen to them. I'll no, just I'll play you back the quotes. Listen. I'll listen. I'm not even going to play them. Okay? You're not going to play them? Oh, I was just going to talk to you I about them. I just messed them. up TV hair for that. <laughs> no, you That's terrible. <laughs> to. So, listen. No, this thing I do is when I have people on my show... I want them to talk. I have been on shows where they play me like five clips. I'm like, why did you book me? Why am I here? Am I, well, a I don't need to be or... here. I could have been hanging out. It's so true. I'm on those shows all the time. Like, Brenberg, come on in here. Smile. Smile. <laughs> Thanks very much for being with us. <laughs> you know the country song, Did I Shave My Legs for This? <laughs> did I Shave My Legs for This? I didn't even have to talk. What was the? Oh, let me move your headphones though away from the mic. We're getting some feedback. Oh. Justin just snapped. No, you got to see him and look at him. He's angry. Oh, I, I can see him right now. His face is against happy. the glass. He's got this Mikey is in a headlock. I it's can't a, believe it. it's violent. It's messing there. It's not good. Uh, mutiny on the bounty, as they say. Uh, so first of all, Pelosi said yesterday inflation doesn't count. She said we got to change the subject. Inflation's happening all over the world. But uh, you know, I, I just consider that a bad pitch. Like you should see the other guy. <laughs> yeah, but I, I know it's such life is bad in America. You said overseas. <laughs> Lately, I know, but it's like she's not Speaker of the House in another country. That's right. But she probably could be in Ukraine for the money we've spent. Uh, it's it's it is. You know, when you watch these, what would you say? It's fourteen days left. Yeah. Now you watch these last fourteen days. This is where it really becomes clear just how desperate people get. Yeah. Because they start saying things. Yes. You wouldn't say this thirty days out. You wouldn't say it forty <laughs> days out, six months out, but fourteen days out. Why are we talking about inflation? <laughs> I've been wondering that all year. Why are we talking? This about This makes that? no sense. Because yeah, we're at the point in the relationship now where the man has watched the woman pack her bags, so he's just making big promises. <laughs> baby, we was going to go away, baby. Oh, I can't believe you're leaving. We was about to go on a Caribbean vacation, baby. First class suite, Atlantis, baby. You and me, girl. Where you going, baby? And that's what they're doing now because they see baby leaving. Baby has the bags yeah, no, packed. The bags are packed. Yeah. <laughs> the Uber's out front. This isn't one of those Jenny Fallon deals. Do you know Jenny Fallon used to suitcase me? She knows. She's admitted to this on the air. Oh, yeah? So when Jenny first moved to New York out of the country, one of her moves is when she's really had it, she would suitcase you. No. She'd put on her cowboy hat and pack a suitcase like she was leaving. Going back and to Ohio. And then like, Jenny, babe, come on. I'll turn around. <laughs> but in, like, our best fight ever, she's admitted this on the air, so don't feel like I'm, like, I'm, you know, blaspheming the great Jenny Fallon. But in one of the greatest fights we ever had in New York, she packed up everything, and I hid under a bed hoping she would leave because <laughs> We were such a good fight. And, of course, I didn't come out to get her from leaving. So then she came in looking for oh, me. Like, where is he? And this she, is the ultimate game of chicken right here. Who's going to blink? She caught me laughing under a bed. <laughs> kind of gave me the business. But that's how you know we were meant to be. You that's know what right. I mean? That's, no, that's it. Know. That's what marriage is made of right there, yeah. hiding under the bed. Yeah, well, this is the thing now. The Democrats are getting suitcased. But baby ain't turning around. <laughs> no, if you're looking at the polling, <laughs> no, it's it's not turning around. I mean, that's actually the point. Is there's not.
nothing they can do. Nothing. They they just know there's nothing that, they put themselves in. They yep. they, they hit under the bed. Yep. Okay, they put themselves there. There's nothing mm-hmm. they can do. No, and they did. Just to be clear, they caused inflation, did they not? Yeah, I, I don't know who's arguing that, except for maybe Pelosi have... or Pete Buttigieg or something. Who <laughs> she shows up on late night shows every once. Doesn't do anything as Secretary of Transportation or whatever he's Secretary yeah. of. But he he's always good to show up on a late night show and tell you something. Listen, as as male transportation secretaries go, he's one of the best breastfeeding male secretaries. <laughs> <laughs> he took that ridiculous picture. The supply chain was backlogged. He's like, I'm on maternity leave. I consider that stolen valor. I do. I'm fine with gay men adopting babies all day. But the actual act of you get paternity leave, I still think is kind of stolen valor, seeing what the women go through. But you don't have to weigh in on that. Just stick with me. <laughs> James Clyburn, another clip I played today, admitted that they knew spending the way they did was going to drive up costs. Did you now? I know. Did, did you really know that know. now? What, now? Tell me about your logic there, Congressman. <laughs> you, you knew about that. I, I love this revisionist history. Yeah. You know, I don't even know why we're talking about this as Pelosi and Clyburn and uh-huh. says, well, we look, this was all baked in. I mean, this is the Pee Wee Herman. I meant to do that, right? <laughs> he takes the jump. Look, I meant to do that. You, it looks like I flew over the handlebars, but I meant to do that. Oh, <laughs> my mistake. That's Pee Wee. <laughs> He rolls all over the handlebars. But that's, I guess, so is he basically saying the I meant to do that because they want to want people to have confidence in their intellect? Like, we knew this was going to happen, but it's fine. Like, I don't even understand. Well, it. yeah. It, you know, because people are saying, what are you doing? I mean, mm-hmm. just what are you doing? And, and they're trying to now say, well, no, we know what we're doing. I mean, there's yeah. a there's a rhyme to this mm. reason, but everybody knows there's not because yeah. the re- if there was a rhyme to this reason, Things wouldn't be the way they are. Thank now. you. There wouldn't be. No. Nobody would put themselves in this position if they knew what they were doing. Spot on. Brian Brenberg is in studio telling it like it is. Joe Biden says that Republicans, if they take back the House, are going to tank the economy as a means of getting back at the Democrats in 2024. But if you really wanted to take the tank the economy, wouldn't you just not do anything? For well, that's right. I mean, so Steve Forbes is right at the beginning of all this when Biden took office. Steve Forbes said, look, if Biden just didn't do anything, mm-hmm. he will look great coming into 2022 and great coming into 2024. He did the opposite. He did, he did every everything. bad thing he could think of. If you really want to direct the economy, you just stay on plan. That's so you true. just stay with the <laughs> Biden plan. Just let it go. But, you know, that's kind of Biden reasoning. Like, yeah, they're going to shoot themselves in the foot once they take power in order yeah. to, you know, I think Biden would understand that logic. Republicans say, no, we'd like to fix things. We'd yeah, like imagine. to have a little momentum going into 2020. Imagine. That's crazy, Brenberg. We're living in I'm telling you, it's this odd, weird death of shame in that everyone will say anything because it is the silly season, as you said, at the 14 day mark. Can you imagine what we're going to be talking about at the seven day mark? Well, I'm watching like Charlie Crist in uh-huh. Florida talking about the battlefield of love, yeah. you know, 15 <laughs> days. Out. And thinking, man, you're not going Pat Benatar lyrics 15 <laughs> days out, you know, unless you're really, really in it. We're in a bad shot when you're singing love is a battlefield. <laughs> It's not great song. Bad, bad. But if you're quoting uh, Pat Benatar, I'm telling you, election night is going to be a heartbreaker. If you will, (laughs) it's it's not going to be good for Pat Benatar down there in Florida. You know what Chris is going to do? Are you ready for my hot take? Mm. Because he does know DeSantis is going to run. 
Yeah. He should just DeSantis is going to run, and then Chris is going to run again as a as a Republican for the right. governor of Florida. <laughs> right. He's been in every party he, like three he's times. He's ambidextrous. He can do whatever he needs he to do, do to get in. Ever he wants. all you got to know about him is that man's got to be in office. Yeah, I don't care how he gets there, who, what Doesn't letter care. he's got. He just got to be. In Even office. if it's like an Office Max, he just has to it's be somewhere off, with the word it's Office. Enough, in the title. he'll probably be like selling copiers at an Office Max. <laughs> you know, battlefield of love in the copier store. <laughs> you know, your toner's a little low, Fred Bird. <laughs> It's crazy. Today, this is an interesting one. I opened the show with this. Weird editorial choice, but I thought it had to be made. Uh, Hillary Clinton, this is not economic, but Hillary Clinton today said the Republicans have a plan in place to steal 2024. Now, my question to you is, like, if you're on, like, the January 6th committee, which, you know, is kind of being outrated by the Yule log at this point. We've acknowledged (laughs) that. But isn't it hard to sell challenging election results as treason if you now have someone preemptively challenging election results? this is a brand new one. Like, I'm two (laughs) years out, and I'm telling you, what she's really saying is the reason I'm going to lose is because— Oh, she totally telegraphed it. (laughs) The reason I'm going to lose— Everybody, everybody who says, like, she's not running, would you? I'm like, would you shut up? She's running because he's not running. He got lost at the White House again yesterday. It's my favorite thing about Biden when he's on 60 Minutes. He's like, you know, what do you have to say to people who question your mental fitness? He goes, just watch me. I'm like, dude, that was the worst thing you could have said because people watched you. And you shook hands with an invisible guy. You talked to a dead woman. Yeah, you walked around the room. (laughs) To quote the great Evander Holyfield, guys, one of the highlights of my life at Fox and Anywhere was meeting Evander Holyfield. I grew up in a big boxing house. I loved Evander Holyfield. The first time I met Evander Holyfield, okay, he walked into the green room here at Fox. I go, how you doing, champ? And he goes, probably. (laughs) This could be a problem. (laughs) And I was like, you know, I think my man might have got licensed a few fights too extra. You know, and that's where we are. Joe Biden is in the probably phase. He's in the Holyfield phase of his presidency, you know, the probably phase. I've got it. Biden should fight Riddick Bowe to boost his image. There you go. Bring in Riddick Bowe. The guy will parachute into the ring like he did against Riddick Bowe. It'll be great. I mean, we need something. We need something to turn this around. (laughs) Just watch him. Just watch him. Oh, my goodness gracious. Well, tonight I will be watching uh, this Fetterman Dr. Oz debate. Uh, If Dr. Oz is smart, obviously you don't draw any negative attention to the poor guy's health. Like, Mm. I can't mess with that, and I know you you can't either. But his policies are the bigger liability. Oh, yeah. Like even if he really was in a physically compromised state, which he very well may be, if you have good ideas, I'm all for you texting them into the Senate or whatever you got to do. Yeah. But if everybody's getting out of jail who killed somebody, I don't understand. Like we're common sense people. OK, I've said this a lot on Fox Air, so forgive me if you've heard it. But when you were a little kid and you played cops and robbers. The cops were the good guys. Yeah. Robbers were the bad guys. Yeah. Sometimes you might have been a robber just because you got chased and you could run away and it was fun. But we were never – I've never operated in a capacity as we were just in like two summers ago where the cops were the bad guys. Mm. But that's where a lot of these policies the Democrats are trying to disavow now came right, from. Right, right. It was transactional and it was, it was politically expedient two years ago to yeah. say, all oh, the cops are racist. Yeah. But there's no world where we could do this without the cops. No, no. It, it, you're so right on the transactional piece too and – and they're trying to walk this back now, but but they're sitting there, you know, summer twenty twenty into twenty, and they're all they're all just sort of looking around and saying, "What in the world do I got to say right now, right now to ride the wave of wokeism or yeah. whatever you want to call it?" Mm-hmm. And they said all this stuff, yeah. And now here they are in this election season. If Fetterman, I mean, if you're Oz and going up against Fetterman. All you got to do is policy. Yeah, policy. All Nothing you got to do is crime. Nothing. All else. you got to do is abortion. All you got to you you pick the topic. Yep. 
and you just lay it out there for people. The, the health thing is Fetterman's deal. Yeah. That's not Oz's deal. Yeah, it's deal. not Oz's deal. But, but Oz has got a lot of policy room to run here. Yeah, if you watch the Charlie Chris debate last night, you just fly right into the policy lane. Yeah. That's all you got to do. That's also why, you know, for real, I tweeted this, but Katie Hobbs will never debate Carrie Lake because Katie Hobbs has nothing. No. She won't take a position on anything. She won't debate. No limits on abortion. She said she hadn't given any thought to the vaccines and children yet. Oh, really? So we're two years A lot of other things going on in her life. Can't possibly (laughs) What is this COVID you speak of? I've never heard about that before. I'm like, wait, what? It's it's a fascinating political moment. Yeah. To just think that the leading strategy for most people on the left, and and they believe this actually works, is just to stay completely out of it. Just stay out of it. And run the ads and and claim uh-huh. that that's saving democracy. I'm saying we're protecting we're democracy saving here. democracy here. Dude, I played a Matthew Dowd clip that I can't subject to the audience to again. But Matthew Dowd said earlier, inflation yeah. worries him because that's how Hitler got elected. He promised to save the economy, right. and the next thing you know, they lost their democracy. So I'm, I, according to him, Hitler's the only guy who ever focused on the economy right. in an election. I'm like, wait, I'm going to – I feel like other people That's your best that. parallel? Man, that's mean, your best parallel, man. I, I, All I, that historical study. At what point do we have to retire the Hitler card? Like we, it's crazy, but it won't go away. No. And, but br- I bring up the economy again because that's another reason the Democrats tanked the economy, getting past inflation is in, okay, that fall that followed the summer of riots. Nobody went Christmas shopping. They didn't want to pay retail when they could get it on riot for free. There you go. You know what I mean? Are you going to pay $120 for sneakers if you could just wait till the Nike store is on fire? I'm not. You know what I mean? And that's another problem, Brenda. Char Jordans. Char Jordans were all (laughs) the rage. That's funny. (laughs) That's funny. Um, Last question, and this one matters. You said the Brenbergs are all in on the Phillies. Yeah. I'd like to see the Phillies take it. Good, passionate fans. Yeah. Uh, you know, Kennedy's executive producer, Victor, we oh, were yeah. talking earlier. It's like we always enjoy when Philly wins. Like everybody who wins a major title these days lights one cop car on fire. <laughs> but only the Phillies do like a billion in property damage. <laughs> like what if we beat up a few police They horses? really lean into it, you know. <laughs> Philly just brotherly love just lights stuff up. <laughs> brotherly shove. No, it's going to be – I had to try to uh, – Tell Timmy, I'd explain to Timmy who Mike Schmidt was. He didn't know Mike Schmidt, so this was his baseball history lesson. Uh-huh. You know, have you ever heard of a home run hitting third baseman like a guy who like Mike a Schmidt who beat Mickey Mantle in the home? He had more yeah. homers than Mickey Mantle, which he couldn't believe that. Just barely. So, just barely. Yep. But uh, that, so we got a little history going with did, this. Did one you now. tell him he did a Beck's beer commercial? I believe <laughs> in the eighties. Do you want to know the difference between you and me, though? Like you told the, uh, Timmy about Mike Schmidt, I told Lincoln about the Tug McGraw line. <laughs> How he says, there's an old Tug McGraw line in there you guys would like. He says, you know, because he got a big, he got a bonus win in the World Series, yeah. or whatever. He's like, 80% of the money I blew on, I, I screwed it up already. He goes, 80% of the money I spent on, on women and booze, the rest of it I blew, that whole thing. <laughs> really good. 80, I spent 80% of the money on women and booze, the rest of it I blew. Yeah. It's just fantastic Tug McGraw line. Always funnier if you can get it out in English. That's the first right, there time. you go. There you know, you I'm go. over here bagging on Biden and Fetterman, and here I am telling jokes. Not good, Brenberg. Probably. See, <laughs> there he goes, the Evander Holyfield of finance. The show that's not afraid to hit the road. The stars at night are big and bright. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl, it is the bottom of the ninth here on Fox Across America. If you missed any of the show today, it will be on the Fox Across America Facebook page. 
You can get my tweets all over on at Jimmy Fela Twitter feed. We also have an Instagram account. Uh, it is Jim Fela, F-A-I-L-L-A. And we have an FAA Instagram account. Mikey, I don't even know the handle to our Fox Across America Instagram account, but we have been known to post a picture there from time to time. We're looking it up. It's in re- <laughs> it's out there. Um, you know, we are a show. This is very important. Um, when I first started out in stand-up comedy, uh, a guy told me, he's like, do all your politicking on stage. And what he meant was, you know, don't, you know, try to meet the guy who knows the guy. Just make a case for yourself on stage. If you're, like, undeniably good, they're going to book you. And that's all you need to do. You don't have to worry about knowing people. You just have to be good. And everything we've done to get here this far has been on the merit. You know, one or two low-level extortion attempts. But, you know, what are we going to do? It's a long season. Nobody goes undefeated. But the point is we don't really push this thing aggressively, as, as aggressively as we probably could on social media. Because for us, the show is the star. We just want to be on the air hanging out with you. Unless, of course, you know, you're heading up to Spokane, Washington this weekend. Like my man out in Montana. Crazy. You think he's going to make it? 630 miles. I mean, he's got a lot of beers coming if he does. Uh, But if you're going to be in the Spokane area or within 631 miles of the Spokane area, that's where the line has been established now, uh, you are welcome to come to the Spokane Comedy Club. Uh, If none of that is feasible, you can hang out with me Thursday night on Gutfeld. I will be getting the band back together with our lovable comedy dwarf, Greg Gutfeld. Uh, Tonight I will be watching and live-tweeting the Pennsylvania debate, so if you want to hang out with me there, you're certainly welcome to. But tomorrow I will be right back here on the fastest-growing radio show on the planet. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Wow, they're excited. All right, I better do a good show for once. Have a good night, everybody. The Fox News Rundown, a contrast of perspectives you won't hear anywhere else. Your daily dose of news twice a day. Featuring insight from top newsmakers, reporters, and Fox News contributors. Listen and subscribe now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.